Welcome to the FemiPod. These are conversations about females for everyone to listen to, learn from and engage with. Brought to you by your Femi founders, Esther Kewen and myself, Lydia O'Donnell. to the Femi Pod for episode number 22 and thank you for everybody who's been tuning in with us weekly. We've got a very exciting episode coming up off the back of the episode we did last week around gender equality. But before we get into things, Esther, how are you? It's obviously International Women's Day week, so we are celebrating women this entire, actually we're celebrating women every single day of the year, but Tuesday was International Women's Day. We had a couple of Femi events going on. How are you and how was your International Women's Day? I'm good. Thank you, Lids. Um, International Women's Day in Auckland was really, really cool. We had a little mini event here and it was just awesome. You know, we had maybe 30 to 40 ladies show up and everyone was just so amazing and so welcoming and chatty and inclusive. And it was just a really awesome vibe. Uh, So, yeah, it was really, really cool day to have all those ladies there running together and supporting each other. And, uh, yeah, so many people showing up you know, just in solidarity for women around the world. And I love how you said before International Women's Day week because, <laughs> like, it should be every day. But, yeah, it's cool that we have one special day, special day just to, like, celebrate all the amazing women in our life and how far we've come. Um, but, yeah, how was the one in Melbourne? It looked amazing, such a good turnout. Yeah, it was so good. We had a great time, amazing turnout. I think there was about nearly 150 people there, um, you know, women, men, non-binary people. It was awesome to kind of bring everyone together and celebrate women, which was awesome. But I think like chatting through, I guess, some really highlights of Women's Day, which was seeing everybody supporting women and really encouraging women to speak up and I don't know, encourage the voice that women have missed out on having. But there also, I guess, were some things that really shocked us Um, over the last few days especially around International Women's Day and I think one we want to quickly check through before we introduce our incredible guests is the All Blacks post that we saw um, pushed out on International Women's Day. So they posted on their I think it was on Twitter as well as Instagram on International Women's Day. I'm going to read the post out and then Esther you can give me your thoughts. (laughs) Forever grateful to all the women in our lives that allow us to play the game we love. Partners, mothers, daughters, doctors, physios, referees, administrators, and fans appreciate you every day. Hashtag IWD 2022. Hashtag International Women's Day. Such an abomination. Yeah. I think like the main things that stand out there is that like the All Blacks have such a platform, you know, they have millions and millions of followers that, you know, adore them and are obsessed with them. And instead of promoting the Black Ferns who are our incredible uh, women's team they you know promote the woman that helped them uh, which is not a bad thing I'm not saying they shouldn't do that but I think they could have used uh, their voice differently and highlighted potentially the team alongside all the women and partners and physios and doctors but yeah I think it was just a massive um, misjudgment into not pr- not promoting the women who are basically you know the female all blacks of New Zealand and also who are extremely successful like won Olympic gold medals and you know obviously I think the all blacks have so many sponsors and so many people behind them and they could have um yeah used that post a lot better so I know that went pretty viral around the world and it was not a good not a good look but one other thing was who they put on the post I think it was Aaron, I shouldn't say their names. Actually, everyone knows who they are. Aaron Smith and some other guy who is a woman beater and literally is guilty of domestic violence. And then the other guy who got caught cheating on his partner, having sex in the in a public bathroom. And it went all around New Zealand. And those are the people who they put on that post as well. So I thought, you know, like, yeah, it just was not a good look by the All Blacks. And it was very distasteful. What do you think? It's disgusting. Like, I think, yeah, I think, it's nice to celebrate the women that hold men up, but this day is about women. Like it's not about men and it's not about what we can do for men. It's literally about celebrating the power of women and what we can do as individuals, as ourselves, as women, you know? So I think just the idea of like flipping International Women's Day into something that is still about men just is so distasteful. And I'm really not sure who their social media manager was, but 
the fact that it even got left up on the Instagram and on their Twitter account for such a long amount of time as well. I think it took about 24 hours for them to actually pull it down. And that the spin-off actually had a really good article about this um, piece. And I'm just going to read one quote out, which I think they wrote really well about this post that the All Blacks put up. Maybe all of it could have been forgotten if the post had been taken down after these issues were raised. Instead, it went completely unacknowledged for over 24 hours until an apology was buried on the New Zealand Rugby Twitter account. That silence sent a strong signal that New Zealand Rugby actually didn't see anything wrong with the post, which leads to the problem. This isn't a social media person making a mistake. This is an institutional failure. And I think that is just completely true. Like it's not just like one person wrote the wrong thing accidentally. They knew that people were crying out about it immediately. People were, you know, like making it aware that what they posted was wrong and they left it up there because they, I can imagine, I, I don't know for a fact, but I imagine New Zealand rugby is run by a lot of men and they just had no idea what they'd done wrong. So I think that is just like it really highlights how much education is needed and how much awareness is needed and how much women still need to um, have a space and create a space and speak up. So Again, we're not trying to put this on women to make that change, but there's definitely, I think, things that we can do to encourage each other as women to yell from the top of our voices to try and make some of those changes. So without further ado, we've got two incredible women joining us today who are here to help us make those changes. Both amazing FEMI coaches, Lucy Bartholomew and Becky Green. Welcome to the FEMI pod. We're so excited to have you here. Becky, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. Amazing. And Luce, all the way from Bright, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm super stoked to be back in the mountains and uh, yeah, really honoured to be a part of this episode. Back on the pod round two. I know. (laughs) I feel very privileged. (laughs) It's been a while, so we are very happy to have you back. (laughs) So we're going to throw it to Lucy, to you first. Obviously, with International Women's Day just being and something we stand for every single day. But what are your thoughts on where gender equality currently is? Yeah, I think it's an interesting one. I think that International Women's Day, whilst it highlights a lot of incredible feats in the women's space, it also really kind of highlights to me the gaps that there are. Um, I think that, you know, it was really, it's really easy to do a token Women's Day luncheon, to do a Women's Day event, to bring together women for a run. Um, But, you know, family does that weekly. You know, we show up every Friday in Melbourne and, and on Wednesdays in Auckland. And it's kind of really, really powerful when you can, it doesn't, it's not a day of the year. It should be a 365, 24-7 space. But I think that what it showed me is like, we're we're making progress and there's momentum building. There is a tide coming, Um, you know, boundaries are being broken and it's really, really cool and inspiring. But if we had the energy and the momentum of the, what was put together on International Women's Day every day, this whole thing would go so much quicker and it would be so much more powerful. It just kind of felt like this torrent of support for one day. And you, you know, you're saying International Women's Day week. I mean, I kind of feel like it's gone, you know, it was kind of like, cool, you know, job done, wash the hands back to society as we know it. So I kind of feel like, you know, just trying to keep that momentum. It really highlighted to me that when we try really hard and we make a big deal about it, it's a day on the calendar the potential is through the roof Um, and we just need to harness that and advocate for it every day and just relentlessly support each other, support people that are doing huge things in those spaces and just be really, yeah, just loud and um, be heard. I think that that's what it really highlighted to me. Mm, I think you're so right. And I do think there's so, so much room to grow and so much uh, we have so much space to go to be able to actually get to a place where we are living in a space where there is gender equality. And I think it's happening in all industries and in all societies. But I remember reading recently an article about how we're anywhere from 20 to 200 years away from creating a space where we um, have closed the gender pay gap. So 200 years is a very long time. So it just shows how how much space we have to go to actually get to a point where we're all equal. What about you, Becky? What are your thoughts on where gender equality currently is? Yeah, I think going off what Lucy said, it's like it 
hopefully we get to a point where there's such a quality that we don't need a day for it like it should be just normal and I think when there is a day for it, it's really good when when there is a big difference um it's good that we celebrate it on this day but yeah it can quickly be forgotten so I guess it's about sort of making it more sustainable and spreading it out and <laughs> making sure every day has a bit of um yeah a bit of International Women's Day to it <laughs> I guess that's kind of like what we're what we're doing with Femi. We're trying to like fill that gap, like Lou said, you yeah. know, with the runs and and obviously um, with what we share on our socials and the message we're trying to get across is that we're here to like support women ongoing. And it's not just a one day of the year thing. It's it needs to be every day of the year. And then hopefully we'll get there a lot quicker. I'm hoping more that 20 number is rather than the 200 sounds sounds slightly yeah. better, but still too far away. <laughs> um we talked a little bit last week and we covered some of like the significant memories that Lids and I both have about when we felt something was unequal because of who we were as or our gender. Um, Becky, do you have any like significant memories or moments whether in sport or in life where you really noticed inequality because of you being a woman? Yeah, I, I mean, I'd say I'm pretty fortunate in the fact that I grew up in a very female dominant household. So um I've got a lot of aunties and female cousins who are really good role models. So I really look up to them. And like, even when I was younger, my auntie gave me this poster in my room and I had it there for ages. And it was like this woman free climbing this massive rock. And it said, whatever women do well, they must do twice as well as men to be thought half as good. And so I sort of grew up with that attitude that was like, if you want to stick out or like get some recognition in a man's world, you need to sort of do something exceptional. So um, yeah, I feel like in a way I was fortunate to be brought up like that, but at the same time, I have almost been oblivious to gender inequality because all the times that, you know, Athletics New Zealand has failed to mention like a woman's race. Um, I've interpreted that like, oh, we, oh, I didn't run well enough or I'm not worthy of a mention. But it's sort of like now that people are speaking up more about it, I've sort of come to realize we are always worthy of a mention and we always deserve some recognition. So I think just in the past few years, like the other woman around me speaking up has made me realize that there is a big inequality that. I might have missed um so yeah in good ways and bad ways I was sort of brought up to always be encouraged to compete with the men and I was pretty lucky in Dunedin like they always let me run with the men and I'm expected to not just be a number in a race but actually compete with them um but then at the same time I've sort of been oblivious to gender inequality because of that just because yeah I sort of interpret it differently so it's good to be finally realizing it um because other people were speaking up about it yeah wow yeah, yeah it's crazy like I guess if you aren't aware of it you you took it more as something wrong with you rather yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. not being enough rather than oh actually that's super unfair and like they should be talking about each race that every person is competing in um regardless exactly, of gender. Yeah. yeah and that quote that you said oh my god got shivers like <laughs> that was really cool um, be asking you for that um that was amazing and what about you Lucy? I'm sure you probably have some stories as well yeah I would say you know I grew up with two brothers and I would say the first time that I really kind of was like called out for being a female was when I actually did um, AFL boundary umpiring. So my dad and my eldest brother would boundary umpire and my dad would field umpire. And so as a boundary umpire, you just run circles around the game. And I wanted to do it because I wanted to make some pocket money. And obviously I'm umpiring men's games. And I remember walking onto the pitch when all the umpires do. And I was with my dad and my brother and these two overweight guys that stood in the goalposts and said if it was a goal or a point. And um, you know, the players came over and they were like, oh, she's not going to be able to keep up. Um, like she can't umpire this. And my dad was like, she will run loops around you. Like she will be fine. And um, he goes, well, if she can run, that's great, but she's going to not be able to throw it as far. And I was pretty proud of my over the head throw. And usually the girls, um, if they umpired, would come in a fair way off the 
boundary line to make the distance. And I was so set on like my first throw in was going to be the biggest throw in I'd ever done. And um, not only did I umpire that game, I then went and umpired a game afterwards. So every Sunday I would do two games back to back. And every time I'd walk onto the field, the boys would be like, we can't have a girl umpiring. She's not going to miss if the ball was over the line or not. She's not going to be able to throw it in. And, you know, like I was really, really lucky to have the support of my dad um, as the field umpire who was kind of like, mate, she trains with me. She lives with me. I know what she's capable of. Like, let her prove it to you. And I think that that was like a really kind of like poignant thing for me because I had the belief of a male and obviously my dad. And then I had the kind of questioning and like, yeah, that inequality thing from the boys on the pitch who are older than me, but like my brother's age. And uh, yeah, that was kind of my first experience where it was kind of like, tell me I can't and I'll show you I can. And like, you know, when those boys would lose the game, I would just like walk past and just be like, well, you know, I can throw the ball, but you can't kick a goal. <laughs> so, you know. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy what you said there, like about that you prove it, you know, you, they have no reason to think you can't do it, but straight away, cause you're a woman, they're like, no, you know, <laughs> but they haven't even seen you throw. They haven't even seen you run. And yet do they know that you're actually like an incredible athlete. So shame on them. Um, but it's crazy. Like you both have, stories you know almost straight away but so many of the femi ladies after lids and i did the podcast last week have been sending examples and it's just almost all of them in their sports have had um, moments as well where they've had inequality so we are all in it together for sure and those i'm really interested in the ultra running world because i think ultra running is seen as one of the only sports at the moment where females are you know competitive and close to men what is it like in that environment where you almost are racing the boys as well and lining up and potentially and hopefully beating them like how are the men reacting and acting towards you in that environment I think it's interesting. I think it's really evolved. You know, when I joined the sport when I was 15 and I ran my first 100Ks, if, you know, the boys or the men and the boys that I beat, you know, it was kind of like, whoa, I've been chicked and I've been chicked by like a child. Um, So I was kind of getting double whammied from my age and then my gender. As things have progressed, and I think it comes with like, I've also kind of earned my place in the sport. I've competed, I've raced, I've traveled, I'm sponsored. Um, But now I only have amazing experiences of, I feel like there's a lot of smack talk off the trail at the start line. There's a lot of like, you know, egos and uh, that kind of stuff, that um, big man type thing. But when you're running an ultra, you are stripped down, whether you're a man, woman, or anything you want to be. Um, and I think that you have nothing but respect for whoever you are and because you're all doing the same thing. And I've had times where I've come up upon a male towards the finish line and, you know, they've made sure that I crossed the finish line first um, or they've waited because they knew that they didn't, weren't going to cross the tape with me. Um, and I think that it's a really beautiful thing. Likewise, I've had men have stopped if I've not been well or something. And ultra running is such a long sport that you have the opportunity, like on a track, you're not going to stop and put your hand on the back of someone and say, are you okay? Um, but in ultra running on the mountains, you know, it's kind of, you can exchange those words and look after each other. And I feel like the men in the sport, when everyone's stripped down and everyone's struggling and there's hours upon you, um, I've only felt really, really looked after by the men. Um, And that's kind of come in the last few years. At the start, it was different, but I don't know whether it came with where I sit in the sport and the respect that I've earned um, because I wouldn't know how other females feel, but I would say that there is a real kind of natural respect between um, athletes of any gender in ultra running, which is, you know, why it's a really inclusive and beautiful community. Yeah. And I definitely think by who you are and what you've achieved, I, I can imagine a lot of men do have a lot of respect for you, which is awesome. A little story for me that just came up, this has happened I guess on multiple occasions when I'm out running on the streets and obviously you don't know you know no one knows who each other is out in the streets and um I'll stop at a traffic light or I'll come up to a traffic light and there'll be a man standing at the traffic light 
and he'll see me and he'll see me next to him and he'll see me see that I'm you know a small woman and um I guess I'm not sure if it's an ego thing or what really happens but I get the sense he wants to like race or compete against me or just prove that he's a man and he's stronger than me and I've never really experienced this from females only from men and the traffic light will go green and Alfie sprints in front of me will sprint and I'll see him sprinting for a good like 100 200 meters and then eventually I'll catch up to him and overtake him and kind of just give a little laugh and keep running and I think that like masculine energy is entertaining but also is quite disgusting I'm just kind of like why do you have this need to like compete with me just because I'm a woman like if I was a man and I'd come run run up next to you you probably would have just run at the pace that you wanted to run like what are you trying to prove to me just because you're a man so it's really nice I think to hear that in the ultra running scene there is so much respect and support for the women and hopefully we can kind of bring that respect and support into other running areas um even like on the track Vicky how do you find kind of like that gender inequality or equality when you're like either in a competitive environment or when you're training do you see that around you yeah I've done a lot of races with like the men um and I find they're really good to race because um I mean it's really fun to beat them I think so um and it's I mean, that can be hard for them to take too, that they're getting beaten as well. So um, I think there's a lot more on the line for them than there is for us. So I always find it quite fun to race them. But yeah, there's definitely, I've definitely experienced what you've experienced, Liz, like with the, um, just out on the social run and I get totally dragged into it and I'm like, why am I doing this? But it's just something about it. You're just like, no, I've got to stick out for myself here. <laughs> and like really kind of like, I get too carried away with the racing but um yeah I think in track I mean the nice thing about running is it's the like a really equal playing field so you can easily I mean good ways and bad ways compare yourself to those around you because we're all running the same distance on the same track and usually in like the same shoes so um it's very even in that respect so um, yeah, I do find that, I mean, I find in New Zealand, especially, um, it's quite hard to get sort of recognition um, as a woman. I think, I don't know if that's the fault of the other male competitors. Um, it might be more the people around the sport um, that sort of make it women aren't priority. And I think, you know, we have a really big history in New Zealand, especially on the track with male runners you know we've had amazing top world-class runners um but we've also had really good female runners that I think get forgotten a little bit um you know Lorraine Waller, Anne Aldane, um Angie Petty like all these amazing runners that kind of just don't get the recognition because we have a real I mean maybe a bigger history of male runners succeeding on the world stage so yeah there's definitely big disparities between um just the recognition Mm, men and women get so true. each other yeah so probably something I haven't thought about before but it's so true like the male athletes from like the 60s and 70s are so well known yeah mm. the female athletes are kind of it's like no one knows who they are crazy yeah but they were world record holders in their time and they were mm. sort of paved the way for women as well so yeah yeah what do you think that we can do as athletes to keep pushing for gender equality Becky like have you got any ideas or I mean, we're already doing a lot of the work at Femi, but is there anything that you would say we should be doing more to try and push for gender equality, not just in sport, but for, you know, women in general? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, for track specifically, I think there's a lot of barriers to entry, especially for women. Like, um, they make it quite difficult to sort of get out there on a track. It can be, like, quite exposing as well to run um run around a track but I don't know if like the officials and things make it super friendly to sort of jump in and try something new um so a lot of people seem to be put off like that like I know the drop off between high school and university is massive for girls so um I guess just catching people at an age that we can um encourage them to keep because I mean heaps of women are out there still running like we know that with the Femi community is just growing and growing but it seems like just sort of the unwelcomingness of um, competitive running 
sort of seems to put girls off. So hopefully we can find a way to sort of um, get girls who are out there running just to feel comfortable competing and have the confidence to sort of back themselves and have a goal to go for. Um, yeah it's like the intimidation piece like so many girls are like yeah. intimidated by whether it's being competitive or you know mm. showing off their body or you're not not feeling secure because they've got the period or whatever it might be I think that there are a lot of barriers to stopping females not just get into running in athletics but into sport and movement in general but yeah. I mean having the same conversation away from sport Lucy like what do you think we can do to kind of break down those gender barriers and hopefully get closer to some sort of place of gender equality? Yeah, I think the most important thing you can ever do is advocate for yourself and to advocate for others. You know, like there's just got to be a certain point where being quiet and being polite is kind of letting things just wash by. You know, the way you treat someone is the way you expect to be treated and the standard you walk past is the standard you expect. And so I think that if you can kind of, um, you know, I think that sport is a great place to kind of really emphasize because it's a place where there is a lot of, um, like Becky's saying, you know, there is a lot of like similarities, like the men are racing 5,000, the women are racing 5,000. You're, you're all running in, on a track with eight lanes. Um, it's all flat and it's the same in ultra running. And I think that on the street though, it's kind of like, I'm very comfortable in the mountains. I'm comfortable on a start line. I'm happy to, and I'm comfortable on a finish line where I can kind of, you know, if someone said, oh, you, you know, I got chicked by you, I'd, you know, I'd pull them up. But if someone said to me that at a traffic light and said something to me, you know, my initial instinct would be like, just shut up and just walk the other way, you know, but there is a certain point where it's kind of like, you know, Lucy, like, you do, you work for fe like Femi, you work for females that support females. You're, you're trying to exemplify the change you want to see. And the way you do that is by acting upon that. I'm not saying confront someone and create something, but I think, you know, you can use your social media, you can follow and support brands and networks that are about supporting females and women um, and those that um, see themselves as that. And just kind of, really just looking out for each other and being really open and honest with how you feel and how something that's said makes you feel. Because like Becky, she didn't even realize that she was getting hard done by until she's like seen all this stuff. And then she's, you know, it's kind of like, oh, wow. You know, I, I'm not a bad athlete. It's just a bad reporter. Um, and I think that that's like this misconception that will, that will put a boundary and a wall between anyone wanting to do anything. Women won't want to enter the workplace if they knew half the stories. You wouldn't want to lead a brand if you knew the boundaries you had to overcome. So it's kind of, it's a really gnarly situation where you're kind of like, it's going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to have to like speak my voice and be really strong and proud. I need to be a little bit educated because I need to know, you know, what, what are the limitations? What does this situation look like? And that's what I've learned at Femi because previously I would say that I was kind of blissfully unaware and just kind of you know, I was doing good at my sport. Everyone left me alone. You know, no girls wanted to train with me, but that is what it is. And, uh, you know, with Femi and coming to the run clubs and building community and kind of in that space, you realize, you know, especially for ultra running, I'm going back to sport, I know, but it's what I know best is that, you know, especially trail running is so intimidating and it's so kind of the distances and the terrain and the reasons not to do something outweigh the reasons to do it. But that's all in your mind. And it's like anything that the way, the fact you don't want to do something, you maybe think about maybe that's because you should be doing it, but it's scary and it's unknown. Um, and so just having that kind of resources and support group um, and that understanding that, we're all a little uncomfortable because change is happening and that's okay. And that's kind of a good thing. You just got to be com comfortable being uncomfortable for a little bit because there's a lot of people fighting for a lot of good things. And we've just got to be relentlessly optimistic. We're heading in the right direction with the trust of like all the women out there who are absolutely fighting fiercely for this, including the crew at Femi. 
yeah it's like that taking that first step right and being like yeah it's going to be really uncomfortable and you don't really know what the outcome is and you don't really know what people are going to say about you but it's taking that first step to actually speak up and I think there is this like kind of vicious cycle when we go back to sport and go back to running like women aren't wanting to get into running because they don't have the confidence to get into running but you actually get so much confidence from running and if you can try and just take that first step by starting some sort of movement or join a community and start yeah, running and meeting people and building that confidence, then you can actually have that confidence and take it into your other industries in your life and hopefully create a voice and then start speaking up for yourself and start speaking up for women. And that's definitely the experience I personally had is, you know, I've built my confidence through sport and now I will call people out and I will talk when I need to talk and have that voice. But I really just thank running for being able to do that. Mm, I think it's the chicken or the egg situation. You know, it's like, you know, I got to build the confidence. Running helps build the confidence. Do I, you know, it, what's, it's going to be uncomfortable to get the confidence because I've got to be like, everyone doesn't know something. We don't know what we don't know. Um, and so I think that what men tend to do is when a woman doesn't know something, it's kind of, they see this power. Even, they, even if they don't know that either, they assert this confidence of like, you don't know that I don't know. And so I'm going to pretend like I do. And I think that, you know, you know, that's why they're so good at BSing through anything. You know, I listened to my brothers get out of things at home and I was like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) So I think it's just kind of, you know, educating, learning, being okay with the unknown and being like being okay to say I don't know like you know what are the stats talk to me teach me because you know it's through podcasts like the first part of this podcast that you did last week that you realize these pay gaps and you realize these issues and it becomes like wow this is like a bigger problem than you know than I think than I ever thought it was definitely and I think that's funny what you said before because isn't there that stat that if a guy knows like he's got six out of 10 skills he'll apply for a job and a woman will with nine out of 10 so like a guy will be like I got this and that's the confidence you know and like like you say if you can just start running and take those first few steps um, and build that confidence then hopefully we'll apply for jobs that maybe we're not quite ready for but would be really good at anyway but I think it was interesting what you said before about the advocating as well and I know that I've actually talked to a few women in New Zealand who were quite nervous to do it, but have been impacted by inequality and what they did, which I thought was really cool was reached out to like a bunch of girls before they did something on social media. They were like, can you back me up, share this, blah, 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 like this comment on it. And we all did. And then instantly they've got like a backing and they no longer feel as afraid. So if you're like, listening now and you've got an idea or so you've seen something that's unfair get a group of friends that you trust to like be behind you to support you and then as you get more confident you'll be able to do it more yourself and you'll be like I got this but like initially you might need that support group which we're all lucky we've got all the girls at Femi who will back us up (laughs) for sure um but obviously like some of us have partners or you've got dads and you've got mates who are guys Becky what do you think men can do to help push the same agenda and yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's, I suppose, just maybe just being more, more aware, like less sort of in their own world, you know, I find um, going back to sport again, like, you know, New Zealand rugby is massive, and it's all about what teams are winning, and, you know, who's making which teams, and they just almost forget that like yeah you're actually an athlete as well and you have some interests but I just feel like it's never seen you know like they they're on a step above you because they are um they're also yeah I like I mean yeah (laughs) yeah so yeah I guess just like paying more attention to women's sports I mean we um we pay attention to men's sports all the time so just yeah paying more attention and just sort of getting more educated on um what women are doing and like I mean with running like apart from ultra running like it is men are always going to be faster probably on the track like overall so um yeah just sort of recognizing that what we're doing is really really good as well um I think yeah just sort of taking into account what yeah what we do recognizing us a bit more (laughs) yeah definitely it's like a recognition thing like you said before and you know, a lot of 
the reason that I think we touched on a little bit last week, we don't have like the same sponsors and we don't have the same funding in a lot of sports is because of a system and a fan base that's grown for many, many years where women weren't allowed to play. So like you say, like getting men to take more interest in sport and realizing that women are pretty damn amazing as well, you know, like that's really, really going to help. And Luce, before you touched on your dad and like how much he's always been such an advocate for you, he's obviously, you know, leading the way there, but what, what else do you reckon men can do to help with uh, gender inequality? Yeah, I think just like Becky was saying, it's just kind of, you know, being aware and providing encouragement and support. Um, I think, you know, going to running, um, you know, you have these community run groups and they want to be known as being really kind of like we have females and we're diverse and everyone's welcome. But like truth be told, you know, there's a certain minimum pace that you must be able to run to keep up with the majority of the men for these groups. And I think that there's nothing worse because I've turned up to run groups and been like, this is not social because no one is talking and we're getting progressively faster and we're looking at our watches and it's turning into a race. And I'm not here to prove myself. I'm here for a social job and to get to know some people that are not speaking to me. And so I think that, you know, just kind of having that awareness of like, oh, someone new is here. This is an unknown pace. We don't know their ability you know, like, just like, bring it back, bring it back to the basics of like, let's just be there for each other. We're going to get the run done. Who cares if it takes five minutes longer? I really honestly could not care less. Stop your watch. It doesn't matter. But I think just having that awareness and that kind of support and appreciation for like, yeah, good on you for coming to this run club and putting yourself in this unknown position in this community that you don't know. Um, and just kind of, I think it's really cool when a race is done and it's done really well in ultra running. If someone wins, say Western States 100 or UTMB, everyone shares the male winner and the female winner. And they kind of, it's like this, wow, you know, like this person, this female did this, the course in this time, this is incredible. And it's kind of like, like Becky was saying with track running, I kind of only hear what happens in the men's race. And I'm always frantically Googling Becky Green to find out what <laughs> happened in Becky's race. Um, because, you know, it's great to see Jack Rayner and Brett Robinson. And like, these are names that are household now, you know, they're known. Couldn't tell you who was in the women's race, you know. And I think that that kind of, you know, I'm not deep in the sport of track running, but I have an inherent interest in following females and especially my female friends like Becky and so I think that it's just kind of really highlighting and spotlighting the women's race and making that like this is a, a main event it's not the lunchtime break it's not the go get your drinks and burger and come back for the men's this is like these are the best athletes in the world lining up and putting themselves out there and you can call it entertainment or you can call it competition because it's both of those things. And it's incredibly beautiful to watch. And I kind of just think bringing awareness to that and for the men to kind of be like, yeah, you know, cool. Like, well done to Jack. He did great. But hey, did you see Rose Davies? Like, did you see that run? And it's kind of like that. I think that's just like a really cool thing that I just don't see as much as I would like to because they should have immense appreciation and respect for each other because they're all hurting out there and they all know how hard a 5k on a track or an 800 meters on the track is. Um, and I think that that can run through all the sport of running from track to road to trail, because we should all have the respect for people, no matter how fast or whatever pace they're going at, because we're all enduring and hurting in our own way in a really beautiful way and so it should just be this mutual respect where we just share all about it and social media is this platform that when used well can be like this microphone to tell the world but I feel like at the moment it's just the men speaking into it drop the mic share <laughs> <laughs> that was so good oh my gosh yeah I couldn't agree more I think like men have this responsibility to understand that in order to create a world that is going to be equal for everybody and understanding that that's going to actually benefit everybody, that we they need to lose some of the power for women to come through and take some of that power because, and I've definitely experienced this before, men can be intimidated by 
a woman, especially a woman who is prepared to stand up and speak and a woman in sport who is powerful and strong. So I think it's like men need to understand that, you know, don't be intimidated by a strong woman, embrace her and help push her forwards because in order to create a world that everyone is equal will allow men to actually live a happier and healthier life anyway because we look at the mental health stats of men across Australia and New Zealand globally but I know how bad they are here and in New Zealand it's horrific like how many men are taking their lives and when you think about why they're taking their lives is because they're under so much pressure to be the breadwinner if that's what you want to call them um, of the family and to hold certain job titles and you know hold certain positions and I think if they just allow women to take some of that power whether it is you know in a corporation or in the sporting arena it just takes the pressure off the men. So it's going to actually allow the men to have a more balanced, healthy life and spend more time with their family or whatever they want to be doing. They might want to be up in the mountains versus sitting in an office. So they just need to actually be aware, like both of you have said, um, of the issue and aware of their privilege. I think if you have any sort of privilege in life, whether it's because of your skin color or because of your gender, um, you need to be aware of your privilege and, and then show those people who are not so privileged um, and push those people forwards because that's how we're going to create this gender equal world and yeah like I said it's going to benefit all of us so couldn't agree with both of you more this may be a bit of a tough question to ask and totally happy if either of you don't want to answer it but Becky we'll start with you do you see yourself having a family and do you think that the, the decision to have a family is impacted because you're an athlete and because you're a female athlete and the idea of it might affect your running career the only reason we're kind of asking this question is because recently we've seen so many beautiful track athletes especially um, who have fallen pregnant and are sharing their pregnancy stories on social media and it's just to me I find so inspiring so beautiful and they're so fit and healthy and still able to run like I know Angie Petty from New Zealand and my friend here in Australia Ash Horobin who's a stickler um, are still doing crazy fast, like 200 meter reps, faster than I can run a 200 meter rep without a belly. Um, and I just think it's so inspiring. Like, what are your, your thoughts around pregnancy being a female athlete? Yeah, I definitely would say it would be totally different to what it was even just a few years ago. Like it used to be, you have to pick, you know, whether you want to, um, you know, try and check off all your goals first and then have a family or, basically it was one or the other but now seeing like all these women who are pregnant and coming back from pregnancies um, and they're running even better you know you've got like women are just getting better and better as it goes on you've got like Kira Damaru who broke the American marathon record and she's 38 or something like that has like two kids like you're just seeing um, just so many inspirational women who come back uh, even stronger and I think you know probably giving birth you get a massive increase in your pain threshold so yeah like I definitely um I think those women leading the way and just sort of changing my what I think a timeline looks like um for having a family like I yeah I definitely think you can do it sooner rather than later and it doesn't have to be one or the other like it's you can have both which is um awesome I think that's helping with gender equality too that you don't have to pick one or the other even in you know corporate careers as well it seems like um hopefully women feel like they can they don't have to pick their career over a family or vice versa it can be both mm, I definitely feel like times are changing and things are changing yeah incredible women are paving the way for yeah. those of us who do want to have a family but I think um it's still something that I I definitely feel people ju jump to assumptions when they speak to you because I am 31 you know and I feel like people feel like there's this timeline that we have to live by um, society puts this pressure on you that you have to have children at a certain age and being a female athlete I think a lot of people are like oh like that's gonna really affect her running and her running career and I don't know I feel a lot of pressure in that regards but seeing these incredible women yeah like who are still running and still so fit and have these cute little baby bums like it's really inspiring <laughs> what about you Liz do you have any thoughts around like I, or have you ever felt that pressure or ideas around like if you wanted to have a family do you feel like that's going to impact your running career no, I can't say it crosses my mind. I'm kind of 25 and just like, you know, barely look after a pot plant at this point. But, uh, not like you. Hey, you got Tani. You're a mum already. 
I share Tani with my dad. If I can give my kid to my dad for 90% of the time, I'm on. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's really in the ultra running world and in the trail running world, it's, it's so amazing to see women come back. And I think it's really, really beautiful because they can come back and they can do kind of like the long stuff, which is a bit slower and a little bit more chill, but there's also um, incredible photos of these races that go through the day and these women that are still best breastfeeding their children. And there's this one picture of this British runner and she's pumping at an aid station. And then she puts the pumps away, puts on her running pack and keeps running. She's in like second position. That's um, badass. So badass. Crosses the finish line after 160 kilometers of running, holding her little baby. And, you know, that was like two years on. And I just think that the, the sport of running is a gift that will keep on giving. If you went, go from track and then you go to road and you go from road and you kind of, you know, it just keeps evolving and you can come to trail running and ultra running and your body, it's going to change and it's going to adapt and your expectations and, you know, where the joy comes from is going to change. But if you go into these races with the kind of like the vocabulary of like, I don't have to do this. I don't need to do this, but I get to do this. Um, and I want to do this as a female and I want to do it with my child, without a child, anything goes right. Like no one's there to tell you what distance you should run or whether you should have a child or not, or whether that's going to impact your career. Um, and I think that it's a really, a really beautiful thing. If you want to come back to running afterwards, amazing. But as long as you're a role model for that child to show that you can, have your dreams, have your goals, you get outside, you move your body, it doesn't have to be running, um, then that's the most important thing for me, regardless of being an athlete. It's just being a good human and a good role model. Yeah, I love that. I think um, I, I'm similar to like you as well, Becky, before you were saying I was a little bit um, kind of not, I don't know, I don't want to sound bad, but like not that keen on having a baby. I'm a bit older than you, Luce, and I've got four years on you. So like, I'm kind of like thinking about it and then seeing all those women and like how amazing they are. And like you said, Luce, like someone pumping whilst coming second in an event, you know, it doesn't hold us back. Like people used to think it does. It's actually like something that probably makes us stronger and a better person. So it's, it's so cool to see. And I think it's really inspiring. Um, but we've got one final question for you ladies. You got to leave it all out there and hit at home uh we'll start with you Luce uh why do you think the work we are doing at Femi is important to try to break the bias as they say yeah I think Femi's doing an incredible job of bringing together females in the coaching space from all different walks of life with different experiences we've got the experts who all have different um, you know degrees and areas of interest um and to bring all those learnings and experiences and educations together is this incredible powerhouse of knowledge that we can pass on to the athletes we coach on social media you know we have this audience and this community and I think that what Femi is doing is it's bringing women together and I think that we're so often told that like yeah come together and then race each other be competitive compare to each other you know it's you against you it's her against her and I think that what Femi's doing is it's a really safe and educational space where it's kind of all those things you thought about being a female we're going to break those down and whether you need help or assistance in how to get the most out of your running, how to look after yourself nutritionally, how to add yoga or um, physio into your, that kind of stuff into your training. Those are kind of just like these keys that unlock the doors and unlock the barriers for, for women and, and young girls, especially to come through and really thrive. And I'm not saying just thriving in sport, because I think that what Femi does more than anything is it provides a mental, a mental open space where it's okay to talk about everything. I think listening to this podcast for a lot of girls who wouldn't even tell you that they listen to it because it's just their, like their little secret is a, such a powerful thing for people to have in their ears. Cause it's a reassurance that like, you are not alone and you might think you are and you might feel uncomfortable and you might feel like you're no one's got your back 
but like what Femi's creating is like, we've got your back. And I think that that's a really, really beautiful and strong thing that I haven't seen before. More shivers. Oh my God. That was beautiful. (laughs) And Becky, what do you think? Yeah. Like uh, Luce said, like um, education's massive. So, you know, we're educating women on how to work with the menstrual cycle, which is, you know, a big differentiator between us and us and males and using the menstrual cycle to our advantage rather than something that is, you know, something we have to live with, like it's a pain, like it's actually something that we can um, use to our advantage. And hopefully it's not just um, helping women train around their cycle, but taking that information and applying it to other areas in their life, like their work or parenting, like knowing that at certain times of the month, maybe you just have to chill out a bit and relax and um, not take things so seriously, you know, sort of um, in that sort of later phase of your cycle um, and knowing that maybe, yeah, you won't be able to deal as well with the kids at a certain time of the month. So maybe just, um, you know, giving yourself a bit of grace and just applying what you've learned about working or training with your cycle and apply that to other areas of your life so that you can um you know use it to your advantage the best you can um and so yeah I think Femi's helping women do that helping educate them on that and just um yeah using your female power to your advantage and making sure that it's um yeah working in all areas of your life not just not just training that's so true and I think yeah the education piece what you talked about and like talking openly about menstrual cycles like we do at Femi I think is so important to break down the bias because for so long it's been thought of something as gross and like in certain spaces in life it has been thought of as gross and like um women need to be separate because they have their menstrual cycle or sorry they have their period and it was something that people didn't want to talk about and it was taboo topic so I think that's really something that's really empowering at Femi that we openly talk about periods and it's just like it is just something that happens and it's completely natural, nothing to be ashamed of. And it's also extremely important for your health. So I think, yeah, it's really so amazing. And we're so lucky to have all you super incredible coaches who are educating all your athletes and helping us as well with all your knowledge. And then also the experts like Lucy said, who are just, my gosh, have so much knowledge and we're so lucky to work with such incredible women. So yeah, I think education is like so important. Both of you touched on it. And I think that's what we're doing at Femi. We're helping educate and empower women um, to work with their bodies. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with all three of you. (laughs) The future is Femi. (laughs) That is about it from us today. That is part two of our chat around gender equality. So thank you to everybody who's tuned in and listened to both parts. Uh, Esther and I will be back in your ears next week, but thank you girls so much for joining us this week. If you do want to follow us, we are on Instagram at femi.co or if you want to get in touch, get to our website, femi.co. But thank you so much, girls. We appreciate all of your love, support and knowledge. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs>